Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart will be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message.
Mark chapter 8. And I want to tell you this quickly because I had two different sermons and one was for today and then another one was for another day. And so yesterday the Lord says, well, you need to put both of those together. And you know, I said, I said okay, but it was ready for another Sunday, if you know what I mean. And the Lord says, do you not understand the time we're living in? You don't have as much time as you think you do. And so I'm going to be obedient, and I hope nobody gets upset about that, but I'm going to be obedient because you're the only one in the back behind the barn. Nobody's behind the barn getting to beating but me when it goes down, all right? How many of you have ever been back behind the barn with the Lord before? Well, you don't want to go there. Just do what he says. So, I'm about to read to you today what I think is a pattern that I think the Lord again left. And I've never looked at it as a pattern before, but... If I've ever needed this pattern, <clears throat> excuse me, I <clears throat> see it's happening everywhere. I, I need it right now. And it's, it, it's kind of a, it's just kind of a straightforward hard pattern in Mark chapter 8, verse 34. One verse right here, right this minute. So when he had called the people to himself, talking about Jesus, with his disciples also, he said to them, and here we go, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And again, I just read to you those three what I believe are steps or a pattern that the Lord left. The first one is, I'm going to say, I think without question, in my opinion, it is the hardest of every step. And that is the step to deny yourself. If you desire to come after him or be behind him or to follow him, you got to deny yourself. I want to tell you, the other week when I was preaching about being sanctified or set apart, it has a lot to do with this right here because it's not the devil. He uses our flesh, and I agree with that, but it's not the devil that causes you the most problem. It's not the devil that causes me the most problem. It's my flesh itself. I don't wake up enough mornings and look in the mirror and say, okay, we are, or sit on the edge of the bed and say, okay, we need to have a talk today. There's, and the talk would go like this if I would do what I need to do every day. Okay, there's going to be some changes today. They're not going to be good changes, self. You're going to really not appreciate the changes and you're going to you're going to try to jaw jab back with me and you're not going to like itself but I, I'm going to stiff arm you 
And I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of things that must transpire and we're going to do them by telling you no. Are we clear? And of course, self says, absolutely not. Because I'm self. And I do what I want to do. I do what's convenient for me. I do what feels good to me. My name's self. And I really like myself a lot. So no, I'm not up for changes. By the way, nobody else seems to be changing their self. So why do you need to change yourself, self? Do you see how yourself does? Because here's where a lot of the jaw japping intensifies when you notice, when you serve notice to self about step number two, and that is to take up your cross. In fact, you can't take your cross up until you completely deny yourself and say, Stop talking right now, self. Just stop talking. I know you're not used to fasting at lunch every day. Your stomach growls. Your head starts hurting. But self, I'm picking up the cross, and one of the things we're going to nail on the cross today is lunch for this whole entire week. Self, another thing we're going to do you spend way too much time looking at things that are not eternal on your phone during your break or on your downtime. So, self, we're going to nail that to the cross. By the way, self, you're going to quit falling asleep every night before you pray. You're going to quit running out the door before you read your Bible and spend time with the God of the universe that gave you breath, that gives you life every day, self. So I'm, I'm nailing your excuses and I'm nailing your laziness. I'm nailing that to the cross. See, you, you, you'll never pick your cross up until you deal and you deny self. You know another thing that you got to nail to the cross before you can really pick it up and get going with Jesus? Your pride. I, I, I can't go through the whole list, but another thing is your understanding. The Bible calls it your way. So see, that's, that's why denying self is such a hard thing because it wants to be recognized. It wants to be noticed. It doesn't want to be denied and it wants to do, and it wants to go where it understands what is familiar, what is comfortable, and, and, and not something that's very inconvenient and unnecessary in your opinion. So, see, you've got to not lean to your own understanding. But if you're going to, if you're going to deny yourself, then all your ways you have to acknowledge him. See, that takes a big old swing with that hammer when you're going to nail that to the cross. So see, when you deal with yourself and when you nail everything that needs to be nailed to the cross, and see, we got to nail stuff like church attendance, uh, 
like I said, devotion and reading and giving and serving and helping and, and spending time, just quiet time with God. We've got to do all this. When you nail all that to the cross, then you can pick it up. And I'm going to tell you, like I was telling you about Israel and fake news a while ago, don't you believe anything else. You've got to deal with this kind of stuff before you can pick up your cross. Don't let a preacher or somebody writing a book on Daystar or Inspiration or TBN, don't let somebody tell you, no, God understands. We just got to do the best we can. No, we don't do the best we can. We do what Jesus did, and then you don't mess up, you see. And Jesus completely, fully denied himself, and not only did he nail everything, his entire self was physically nailed to the cross. And so after you do that, the third part of the step is what I'm going to say was the hardest while ago. I believe the third thing to follow Jesus is the easiest thing you'll do. Why is it the easiest thing? Because there's nothing left of you now. Nobody else in the picture really matters. In fact, there's nobody else in the picture that you have in the same frame as Jesus. So when it comes time to follow Jesus, he says, today we're going to do this. See, we had to do this today. Y'all don't realize it. But one of the miserable parts of my Sundays is when my wife likes to go home and listen to the praise team. And when Joe's playing or Chris is playing, I don't mind listening to it. But when I'm up here in the red John Thompson piano book, and I figure out the chords because my nerves is off the end of the chart by the end of the song. Who wants to go live through that again? I almost forgot why I was even bringing all that up. But see, if you don't deny yourself, pick up your cross, when the Spirit of the Lord is wanting to move and maybe just be loved on a little bit more in song because the three songs are over with, you won't be able to follow the Lord where he wants to go at that moment. Maybe it is time for a video on the schedule. Maybe it is time for me to come up here and get right into the message. But you see, again, this is God's establishment. And if you've really denied yourself and you picked up your cross, you don't care what's on the schedule when the Spirit's moving and you just in a place where you're going to follow God. That's what went down in this sanctuary today. Nobody. We're all learning up here still. So nobody has it whipped. It's something we all have to deal with and get used to and all that. But listen, when the Lord's moving... And when the Lord's saying, I'm really liking that. Y'all keep that going. Come on. I really like that. I mean, you glorified him a lot this week with devices. Do another course one more time for me. And when God does that, if you've denied yourself and you picked up your cross, you're going to let him do. You're going to follow. Oh, he's in worship right now. So I want to be in worship. I just want to stay up here and worship with him. 
But if you're worried about time, if you're worried about people, if you're worried about this and yada, 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 well, I didn't tell them we don't know the cords. We don't know where they're going and all that. It don't matter. We all following the Lord. And if you follow the Lord, I've learned it's going to be all right. If you follow the Lord, it don't matter about chords. It don't matter about tempo. It don't matter about lyrics. We're just following the Lord. And it works out when you follow the Lord. Maybe that's why all that happened today too. So when you follow Jesus, I think that's the easiest part of life. All the guesswork's out of it then, you see. By the way, what were the two words that Jesus used a lot when he was calling his disciples? Anybody remember? Follow me. Follow me. And that's a great invitation. But if you're going to follow a man that walks a hard, hard, hard road, he's full of grace, he's full of mercy, but he's full of truth. He don't mess around. If you're going to follow him, you're going to have to know you got to deny this flesh. You're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to bring it down every day. You don't do it one time and then, oh, well, it's easy now. Because the devil is nonstop working to tear you up, bring you down, steal, kill, destroy. So Jesus, by the way, he always has been, but Jesus is the only one. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but he's the only one really walking in the right direction. So why don't you want to follow him right now? I want to follow him. I don't want to follow churches. I don't want to follow programs. I don't want to follow fads. I want to follow Jesus. And in order for me to follow Jesus, I got to deal with me. And so, how? How do you really follow Jesus? How can you do that? It's very clear. GPS, you know, Susie, Sally, want. I used to call our old one LaWanda. I didn't mean to say that, Wanda. I did. Angel, I'll tell you, I, and it, it wasn't with a foam in our old van. It was with a, a D, it was driven by um, um, a DVD map that went under the seat. And uh, I would call her, Lawanda, where are you taking us? And this was no reflection on our Wanda, but that was just the first name to come up. Because, you know, if you, na- hey, if you name your devices and you name your stuff, it just seems to it, it, it just seems to work a little better sometimes. Or, or or it feels better when you need to do everything but cuss them out, say their name real loud. Wanda, what are you doing? It just so name your stuff. But Jesus is very clear. He won't mess you up. And so there's there's three things to understand you don't you don't have to understand really, and you don't have to really know. Like I said today, what he's doing. But if you can really, as a believer, understand where Jesus is going, you're going to want to follow him anyway. Because everything else is a rabbit trail and it's a waste of time. So let's look at this quickly. There's three places in Luke chapter 15, three little parables that Jesus gave us that tells us where he's always going, where he went when he was on this earth. And then we all know where he wants us to follow him to right now. He's going to step back out on the clouds. Trumpet's going to sound. He's going to call us. And then we're going to follow him 
just inside the eastern gates over there. You going to meet me in the morning? Y'all ain't old. You don't even know what I said. Get with somebody over 50 or 60, and they'll tell you what that little line was about. It's an old redback hymnal is what it was. So three things Jesus told us, church, and you, you, you got to understand this. You know these stories, but you got to put them again in this frame here today. And, and, and we'll all start walking in the right direction. First thing he talked about in Luke 15, 4, he talked about a lost sheep. A man had a hundred sheep, you know. He said, but he lost one and he left 99. Go get the one sheep. Then he talks again about a lost coin. A woman had 10 silver coins, but she lost one of those coins. That was just four verses later, Luke 15, verse 8. But if you go all the way down to Luke 15, 24, Jesus talks about what you know as the prodigal son. And this was a, a lost son. You see, the lost sheep possibly could have been lost because it was wandering around and, and not staying with the herd. By the way, a free footnote right here. This is the worst time in history to not be plugged into the church or a church. Whatever part of the planet you're on and you hear me preaching, I don't care if you are in a small village Get in a group of people called the church. Pray together, serve together, and love and learn about God together. Because that old wolf, he watches when the sheep gets isolated. And that's when he goes in to attack. And that's possibly why this sheep got uh, away and lost because it just wandered away. And the lost coin, the lady could have lost the coin. If you was kind of just to talk the whole story out, it might have been an accident. And then it could have happened because she was careless. She had so much going on, it, it didn't mean a lot to her, and she just carelessly lost the coin. But now the son, the son was lost because he was lured away by sin. And the carnal thinking of this world, wanting what this world had. And Jesus taught us by telling us these three parables that the bottom line is he, he cares about lost people, church. Three illustrations just to drive home that meant I love lost people. I care about Lost people. I care about people that are on their way to hell. After all, I'm about to go to a cross so I can save lost people. So, Jesus truly, truly, truly cares about the lost. In the 19th chapter of Luke, he told us, he said, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save the lost. Now, um, we think we know about this. Hold it just a minute. Rick, can you help me for a second? I got a $10 bill right here. I want you, if you don't mind, if you'll just go hide that over there in that uh, 
fruit stand cart. If you would, just, just hide it somewhere good. When I was growing up, like a lot of you, we would play hide and seek. This is where we're really going. That's good. Uh, I might call, if I can't find it later, Rick, I might have to call on you. Okay. All right. So I'll, don't tell nobody where it is, all right? You can tell me because it's mine, but don't tell nobody else. We used to play hide and seek. Now, usually people played fair when they played hide and seek. Sometimes, I ain't going to call any names, but sometimes when it was your time to hide, uh, you go hide and you'd say, ready? And about 15 minutes later, you say, ready? Nobody come. And then about 30 minutes later, you say, boy, I'm really hiding really good. And then about an hour later, you kind of like connect dots. Hmm. I bet they ain't even come look for me. That was an hour long. They didn't even have to put up and deal with me. Just told me to go hide. Hide. And that's happened before. But Jesus said this. He said that his whole purpose for coming down here, if you're going to follow me, this is what I'm doing. I am seeking out, and I'm going to save those that are lost. Now, if you know where somebody is, if you know there's a lost person somewhere in your family or in your house, you don't have to seek hard. You don't have to seek long. If you know somebody's at work and they, they are not a Christian and you know that and they prove that about every day, you don't have to seek very long at all to figure that out. And so you can start working immediately on them. By the way, if you're going to follow Jesus, bam, here's what he's doing. He's going to places where people are hidden. And we got to find them. We got to seek them. He said, I'm not here for any other reason. I'm here to, I, I, I'm playing. There are people hiding. There are people that need to be found. And this is my purpose. I'm going to seek until I find them. So if I, in my life, I preach. But outside of preaching, if I am not, because he's told us his purpose for being here, if I'm not following Jesus and seeking out lost people at home, at work, at school, that I hang out with, that I talk to with online, that I text, if I'm not taking Jesus to them, I'm not following Jesus because it's very clear by now in this message where Jesus walked the whole time he was here. Do y'all remember when he went way out of his, his way to Samaria to a woman at a well? He confused all the disciples. Man, we're all about shortcuts. We're worn out. What are you doing going the long way? By the way, we get killed going this way, Jesus. Jesus said, I, got, I, got, I must needs go through Samaria. See, Jesus knew there would be one woman, bad reputation, one woman, what had five husbands, wasn't even married to the man she was with right then. 
But he knew that if I just go seek out in Samaria till I find that woman, there's going to be such a transformation in her life, the whole city's going to know about me. So Jesus said, I ain't, I ain't caring about a shortcut today. I've got to seek her out. And that's where Jesus walked then in church as hard as this self of mine don't want to deal with it. That's exactly where Jesus is still walking today. He's seeking out people that are lost. And if I ain't in that line, I'm not in the right line. So I want to, and I got to quit saying so. That's a nervous word. I'm not going to tell you how I discovered that. I about said it again. So I'm going I'm to come up with another way to deal with nerves. Do y'all think this is easy, what's going on right here? I'm worried about everything. Um, about saying stuff like that. I, I, I'm worried about uh, everything. And... Preaching at the same time. Worried about messing up. That's why people like me, we will say a lot of unnecessary things like that word. I'm not going to say that word. And I had to do everything I could. Now, when you find out that you want to follow Jesus, I'm going to deal with myself. I'm going to nail stuff to the cross and I know that I can't follow him until I do that because I worry about where people live uh, how much of my time is taken away from me these people aren't they're, they're poor or they stink they're, they, let, let's go talk to somebody else they don't bring anything to the table see I'll have to deal I gotta nail all that to the cross or I'm not gonna follow him and if I'm not following him I'm not seeking lost people because that's what he was consumed with doing so, how do we do that? I'm telling y'all, this is real. It don't matter if you've done this for 30 years. It don't matter. The Bible tells me that this is how we do this, church. Can I just see a show of hands? How many of you are interested in just following Jesus, by the way? Okay, well, here's some great news right now. Matthew 7, 7 is where we get our answer. Ask, everybody say ask, and it shall be given you. What's that next word? Seek, and you shall find. And then it says, knock and it shall be open unto you. And by the way, Derek's put all these notes online today because it's that important. You need to have access to this long after this message is over with. So the first, the first thing I do is I pray. Praying is just simply asking God for help. Matthew 7, 7 again. Ask, seek, knock. Luke 10, 2, then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray. 
the Lord of the harvest, to send out labors into his harvest. So if I'm going to pray, I'm going to do it like this. There's a lot of teaching today, I know, but, but we got we to gotta follow Jesus for a change, okay? You want the church to be full several times a day on Sunday. Uh, you want to add a lot of services on the weekend, have to expand to the other campus. You want to reach those 30,000 chief people. You want to pray, love, lead, launch that's out there in the foyer. Here's how you do it. Okay, God, Lord, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus to give me the discipline, Lord. Help me to have the discipline to not care about anything but finding lost people and planting a seed with them. I just prayed and asked the Lord to help me do that. Did y'all hear me? Did everybody hear me do that? I just prayed. Ask and it shall be given to you. See, that's all. That's, that scripture has been abused so much with money and material things. You can't even preach it about evangelism and winning people. Every money-hungry false prophet out there has manipulated that scripture. But I'm telling you, the man that's walking toward lost people says, if you will ask, I'll give them to you. So, Lord, help me today to be so focused on lost people. Then the next thing you told me to do was to seek. And that means constantly looking for and identifying these people. Luke 15, 20, we've been in 15 with the parables today. He arose and came to his father, but I love this last part of this verse. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. I preached this year or two ago. His daddy had to be looking for him nonstop. His daddy had to be seeking around the clock from the time the boy got the inheritance and left, to be able to see him a long way off. He didn't text him and tell him, Daddy, I'm coming home. I'm leaving the pigs. He didn't get a, a telegram. He didn't get a Pony Express or nothing like that. The man had to be looking the whole time in order to see his son a long way off. When you love somebody that's lost, especially your flesh and blood, you'll spend the clock and more of a clock looking for them until they come to an altar of salvation. And then, so you can't take your eyes. You got to always be seeking. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, you'll find them. He sought long enough and he found his son walking a great way off. The third thing is you got to knock, the Lord said. If one of these things would have been sufficient, the Lord wouldn't have added the other two. Knocking is making physical contact. Revelation 3 and 20. I quoted a lot at, at altar. Behold, I stand at the door and I do what, Jesus said. I knock. If anybody will open the door. I will come, if, if you'll hear my voice and you'll open the door, I will come in and I will dine with him and he with me. Watch this real quick. Now, if I knock on that podium, all of you can hear that, right? And you know I'm knocking. If that was the door of your house, you would hear me knocking. This is where we've gone wrong as believers. But if I take my hand off, if I quit making contact with this podium and, and I do this right here, 
You don't see me knocking. You don't hear me knocking. I'm, I mean, I'm knocking. I'm knocking. I'm just knocking in the air. But you don't hear that. There's no indication that I'm at your residence. There, there's nothing to let you know that I'm knocking. It's not until my hand meets this metal right here that you can hear the sound, and that sound means there's somebody there. We've had good intentions since the day we were saved for people to get saved, but this is what those intentions won't do. Those intentions won't make physical contact. And you know what? They're wrong, and they need to be saved and redeemed. But that's one thing the Jehovah Witness will do. They do make contact. It's a false doctrine. They'll send people to hell, bless their heart. But I had four of them to pull up at my driveway about a month ago on a Friday morning. They were wrong. I was nice to them. I prayed for them when they didn't want me to pray for them. I prayed for them anyway, but they made contact, and if I didn't know any better, I might would have lapped up everything they were selling. So what's my point? My point is that I want you to know that we can go around and live an entire Christian life and say, well, oh, God knows my heart. You know, I keep bringing that up, by the way. God knows your heart, but him knowing your heart ain't going to win somebody that's hiding, that needs to be found, that's lost. What? What will win them, though, is to get up out of my seat at my house, turn my TV off, go visit somebody, go talk to somebody, and it don't have to be that. It can be while you are checking out at Walmart. It can be at a gas pump while you're next to somebody. We've got to get to a place. If we really want to follow Jesus and know we're following Jesus, we've got to start making contact, and we've got to pray about it, and we've got to constantly look for somebody. Identify these people that are lost, church. And when we identify lost people and we pray about them, non-stop pray about them, God says, I'll give them to you. That's what he said. He said, if you ask and if you seek and if you knock, he said, I'll give it to you. And by the way, you all know that we seek what holds some value to us. We seek out. We look for. We look for the check in the mail, don't we? We look for uh, bonus at work. We, we, we look. We seek out. We look for because it holds value. In fact, if we're told we're going to get a bonus and we don't get a bonus, we will go seek out the person that's in charge of that. You know why? Because it's valuable to us. If you get in your car and you realize, wait a minute, I had a $20 coupon off. Mm. I ain't even wanting to go back in there, that line. And you almost are tempted to say Christian cuss words in your mind. But you slam the door and get out and you march all the way back in. Wait in a long line to get that $20 coupon discount 
to get that situation rectified. Why? It wasn't even your $20. They just said they'd give you the $20. But that was, that what they had was of value to you. So you didn't even have time to do it, but you did it anyway. I've done all this stuff. And I'm telling you, church, that until the value of following Jesus becomes a reality, we will never follow Jesus. We will say we know Jesus. We will say he's our Lord and Savior, Jesus. But if you follow him, man, you're going to find yourself in the projects. You're going to find yourself talking to somebody that, that's cussing every other word. You're going to find yourself somebody that, I'm just going to be read for a minute, hoodooed you. You're going to find somebody that, that just has ran your name through the mud. Do you get the picture? You're going to find a family member that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, go on and on and on. They just made life miserable for you. See, you'll do all this stuff. And that's where Jesus went. I, I want to close, but I, but I want to add one more little Bible thought because, see, Jesus would go out of his way to Samaria, but that was the same Jesus that would go sit in the rich man Zacchaeus' house and eat supper too. So, see, Jesus didn't, he didn't weigh out his walk by what people were. He said they're all lost. They all need a Savior. And let me tell you something. If you want to be on fire for God and you want to be knocking it down, then this is what you do. I'm walking with Jesus. I'm going to go to the lost. I'm going to find them out. They're not going to hide from me. I don't care if I just get a million-dollar bill and wad it up. And that's happened to me at Lowe's the other day. She said, preacher, just like that, because she knows me. I ain't going to tell you your name. You might know her. At the cell check, preacher, you dropped something. I said, <gasps> she said, is this yours? Now, I need to give a disclaimer here. Don't nobody quote me and misquote or, or misquote me. Originally, it was mine. But it was mine to give. I, I. I never really technically owned it. Church bought tracks, so it wasn't my track. I just wadded it up like a nice, crisp $20 bill. It was a million-dollar bill. And the moment it left my hand, it wasn't mine no more. And she said, Preacher, did you lose some money? I said, No, that ain't mine. That's a true story. It wasn't mine. It was hers all day long. So I don't care what we do, church. We've got to understand we're not here for anything else. We're not here for anything. I want you to stand so I can pray. We're not here for anything else. And, and a lot of people don't understand this. I'm waiting to everybody standing up before I can say this. Everybody good right now? This is the last thing. We got to get it out of our minds. Everybody hear me. I don't want nobody to miss this now. And I'm speaking only for this church right here. 
I, I know this falls in the hearts of a lot of other uh, pastors, especially ones I pray with. I, I know those men. But we've got to get it in our mind that people aren't going to come to this church because of wonderful singing, dynamic singing, dynamic preaching, uh, a great children's program, a great youth program, a great uh, outreach program. They're not going to do that. If it was an automatic thing, Jesus would have said it like this. We're going to pray. Jesus would have said this, hey, listen, all you got to do is accept me as your Lord and Savior and just get you a building, call it multitudes, and just sit there and wait. In fact, let's look at how he did it. You want to do that? Give me 30 seconds. Will you give me 30 seconds? Okay, well, I won't go over, but 80 seconds, okay? When Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan, did he go sit on a stump somewhere and just, now that he was baptized and ready to start his three-year ministry, did he go sit on a stump somewhere and say, well, they'll be here in a little while. I just got a feeling that they're going to know Messiah's here and they're going to stop what they're doing. And it's going to be 12 of them. They're just going to stop what they're doing and they're going to come where I am. He didn't do it. You know what he did? But he walked, he saw two fishermen and he said, Come. Follow me. They dropped their nets. He went to a tax uh, booth, and he saw Matthew, Levi there. He said, you, come follow me. Kept going. And he repeated the process. That's what he did. Jesus had to seek out his original disciples. He sought you out when you were in your sin, when you didn't want to give him the time of day. He didn't let up. He was that good father that kept looking until you come to your senses and you said, I need to be redeemed. I've got to be saved. He didn't stop. He stayed up. Because he never sleeps or slumbers. He kept watching and waiting. And he knew that I, my grace is sufficient. And I'm going to just wait right here until I called on the Lord and he saved me. God did that, you see. And he knows that unless you and I follow him, people won't be saved, church. I want, I want you to close your eyes. And I want to do something different. We'll pray for sinners in just a minute. But I want you to pray with me, the prayer of Matthew 7, 7, what it teaches us. And I don't do this a lot, but I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And you'll have to put, put it in your own words at home. Father God, now somebody says Rick Hildreth, I, I got to hear you today, all right? But we, we talking about heaven or hell, okay? Father God. I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I ask you, O oh Lord, to help me deny myself, take up my cross, and be aware of lost people. Give me the discipline, Lord, to seek them out and to watch for them until they are saved. God, I will make physical contact with as many lost people as I can. 
And folks, for the rest of your life, if you will pray something similar to that, I'm going to tell you, everybody look at me right now. I'm going to tell you what God's going to do. People are going to get saved outside of church. So you need to prepare yourself for it. People are going to get saved on the spot. People are going to realize that you value them, you love them more than you love a schedule, than you love a phone, than you love an itinerary. People are going to, they're going to say, well, wait a minute, they're busy. They got a lot on them, but look at what they're doing. And that, don't be surprised if they come up to you and say, but listen, why did you keep doing that? I mean, every time, every time you, you always found me and told me you loved me and you were praying for me. You see, this is going to happen, church. And then it's going to be a ripple effect and it'll be a ripple effect in this church. It'll be a ripple effect in the community. And people, other believers are going to ask you, and this is what I want you to say, what in the world is going on? Now, you're going to have to explain it, but at first, please say this to the glory of God. Listen, I've made up my mind. I'm just going to follow Jesus. Now, if that was uh, not a $10 bill I gave Rick earlier, but if it was a stack of $100 bills, and I just said after church, hey, and, and, and it was a stack of $1,000 bills, and I just said, hey, you know, because this is how Jesus said, Matthew 7, 7. After church today, if anybody wants to go over there and uh, look in that cart, you can have that money if you can find it. I'd have to call the law on y'all. It would look like gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And I don't even know if the men would have teeth when they left out of here. Y'all would destroy that cart. And I was trying to be funny for a reason. Make sure you're listening, number one. But you know why? Because that would be a lot of value to you. Talking about $100,000? And all you want me to do is just walk and get it. That's what I just read you he said to do for sinners. If you will seek them out and ask me, listen, knock. Just make contact. Take time to walk to the, to the Luigi cart. Man, it's yours. Take time to call them, text them this week. Invite them to church. Pray for them. Give them a try. All you got, if you ask, that's all you got to do. Just ask and I'll give them to you because the rest of the churches ain't asking for them. The world certainly ain't asking for them. Ask for them, you can have them. I made my mind up. I'm going to do it, church. I'm going to do everything I can for us to do it. Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not 
Do you have a cross in your home? But do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner. And you violated the law of God and you've stored up wrath. And for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question, are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life? If you have not done that or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us, Lord. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you've got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us the, a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-411199. Listen. We'd like to help you out on your journey, and there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission, and you're part of that. So let us pray for you, and if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything, uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now, and that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.